I suffered with porn addiction for 10 years. After much trial and error, I came to understand the ancient and modern answers you can use to not only quit porn, but lose your desire for it. I teach you to recover in a way that does not require white knuckling, complex behavioral strategies, or fear-based solutions. Instead, I help you challenge and transform the underlying beliefs and thought patterns that led to your addiction in the first place, cutting it off at its source. Experience long-lasting sobriety through practical and spiritual methods that retrain the mind and connect you with higher power. To learn more about my 20-week program, go to becomeagoodman.com. Hey, my friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. How to break free of porn addiction using the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness. This is a favorite of mine um, because I believe forgiveness as many people would agree, is one of the most fundamental steps to addiction recovery, uh, porn addiction recovery included. Um, It's a heavy emphasis in my five-month program. I dedicate an entire module to forgiveness and a series of forgiveness meditation uh, practices um, to really a a full uh, three weeks of forgiveness in the, in the, uh, course curriculum. And I think that throughout my own addiction, um, the 10 years that I was addicted to porn, uh, I really didn't understand how to forgive. And I think a lot of us don't understand it. And that's not a judgment or anything, just an observation. Um, And not a fault of anyone's. I think forgiveness, we often simplify it too much. Um, We just say, all you need to do is let it go. Just forgive, right? And that never worked for me. I didn't really understand, you know, I I would feel anger, I would feel um, hate towards someone, and I couldn't let it go, and I didn't know how to just release it. And I grew up um, in Christian faith, I'm still Christian. And, you know, um, often in the Christian faith, they, we say, just give it to Christ, right? Which I I think there's a lot of uh, power in that. There's surrender in that. It's beautiful. But however, I think there are more steps to be taken and that's to not to discredit, you know, anyone who finds strength in that and is able to forgive that way. I love that. Keep doing it. Um, but for those of us who maybe have more trouble genuinely forgiving and letting go, That's what this episode is for, um, is to teach you how to do that, really to forgive things from the smallest thing to the largest thing. That's why it's the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness. I believe when it comes to forgiveness, forgiveness is a miracle. Um, And when it comes to God, miracles defy space and time. And forgiveness defies uh, space and time, time especially as well, and really Um, If we can feel the deep peace within, the essence of God within, um, that we can forgive in an instant, whatever it is. Anything from, um, you know, the smallest little thing, someone getting angry at us, uh, being in a bad mood, to uh, 
well, someone murdering someone close to us. And for those who have been through something like that, I don't trivialize it at all. I know that's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, but the peace of God, the love of God within can enable us to forgive and we can walk a process to do it. Um, so whatever religion or faith you're a part of, whoever your whoever or whatever your high, higher power is, as long as that belief is sincere, you can um, establish forgiveness through that belief, through that higher power and find deep peace. And fundamentally, um, you know, I really have come to understand through ancient and modern wisdom that forgiveness is not for the other person. Um, there may be differing beliefs on that, and that's fine, but forgiveness is for us. It's it's for yourself. When you forgive someone else, uh, I love what the author Paul, Paul Farini says. He says, you're really only ever forgiving yourself. And I think that can be confusing. However, I think when we dig deep um, anytime we really deeply establish forgiveness for someone, there really is a connection to forgiving the flaws, the rejection, um, the regrets within us um, in a big way. Um, I don't know that I can sum up forgiveness entirely that way, but I do know uh, that for me, at least in, in people I've needed to forgive, um, long held grudges, years and years, I really needed to come to a, a place of forgiving myself too, uh, for the the parts that I played or the inadequacies or insecurities I felt, and really coming to a place where I said, you know what, um, I feel these insecurities, I feel these doubts, I feel um, this fear, and I'm a I'm a creation of God, you know, I am an eternal being, and everyone around me is too. And we're all, we're all the same, right? And it's okay that I feel those things. Those aren't me. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we find deep peace in saying I'm an imperfect, yeah, imperfect person and finding forgiveness for ourselves that way. I think that's powerful. However, I think digging deeper is to say my essence within who I truly am is perfect. Um, it is only good. And all flaws, all weaknesses, all things that I choose to do that cause myself or others suffering isn't of me. It's the ego. So forgiveness really is that, you know, I'll, I'll be talking about that more in this seven steps of unconditional forgiveness, but um, forgiveness is fundamental. We, we need to find forgiveness on a, a daily, even a moment-to-moment -moment basis for ourselves and for others and find forgiveness for those, those deep pains within um, and this seven, these seven steps help with that. And um, it's not a one and done, right? Forgiveness, uh, for me, I had a particular person I needed to forgive in my life um, that played an integral role in uh, a lot of the, the pain and the fear that I suffered. Not that isn't their fault. Um, it's It was the uh, reactions within me that caused me to feel those things. Um, and And so I needed to find forgiveness within myself and through God to uh, forgive that person. It took years. Okay, it took years. And I needed to go through this process I'm going to explain to you um, really kind of mostly this process over and over and over and over again um, until eventually I, I honed it and um, through the grace of God and the love of God was able to develop these seven steps. 
Um, so again, it's, it's not one and done. Don't feel like you need to go through the seven steps and then you're good. And I'll explain to you at the end of this episode how you really know when you've truly forgiven yourself or someone else for whatever it is. So this can help you. This episode can help you if you are addicted. Um, you can use this process in your daily life to feel more peace in your heart and mind. But it can also help those who have a loved one who is addicted uh, to find forgiveness for them, to stop trying to control them, and to start feeling more compassion. Um, because honestly, uh, this is something I'll just share very briefly. When we forgive people, we, we empower them. Um, that's why forgiveness is such, it's a central principle of my course. Um, my course, No More Desire. Because it's, in order to really change long-term, long-term, not short-term, right? We can change short-term without forgiveness, but it doesn't last. And we certainly don't experience peace doing it. I've, I've, I've done it. Um, I didn't experience peace. You know, we can, we can be sober as far as the behavior, but unless our thoughts really change, unless our sense of self-worth changes, unless we undo and move through the fear within using forgiveness as a part of that, we can't experience genuine addiction recovery. And um, so, you know, a, a phrase I like to use, because forgiveness is empowering, um, fear breaks down, a phrase I like to use is, we fuel what we fear. So if we have a loved one who is struggling with addiction, um, our the impulse of our ego, really our natural impulse, is to judge, to try to control, because we don't want to watch them suffer, right? And also, we have that impulse to do the same to ourselves, right? If we want to stop a behavior, often we fear it, and we judge ourselves for it, we feel guilt about it, um, and really, unfortunately, though that's our natural impulse that empowers the thing itself that actually leads to us doing more of that thing in the long term or being more prone to doing it at least even if we don't act it out as a behavior we're still thinking of it we're still still believing in it we're still giving it fuel so we fuel what we fear so instead we need to find forgiveness and we need to bring our love into the situation so let's talk the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness. How do we forgive anything? Um, so step number one is probably what you suspect. It is to accept. Step number one is acceptance. And acceptance, um, it goes beyond just saying, okay, this thing happened, I accept it. We need to dig deeper than that. And this is where it really becomes a subjective thing. In other words, it becomes about how you feel about it. We need to look into the situation or what happened and how we felt. And I was going to say how it made us feel, but I think it's important we watch our words because nothing makes us feel a certain way, as annoying as that might sound to some people. They're like, oh, whatever, don't give me that. Uh, don't give me that perspective right maybe this law of attraction thing where nothing makes you feel anything you you control your emotions but really it's it's a concept uh, from a lot of places but Marcus Aurelius um, the meditations that's one place that I take this from is you 
Nothing can make you feel a certain way. But with acceptance, you need to accept the way that you felt about it, regardless of whether it's justified or, you know, it's, it's um, your right to feel that way or not. You may, you may be experiencing a certain level of immaturity or selfishness that's causing you to feel a certain way about something, right? It's the ego, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, just recognizing it is going to empower you to overcome it. You're not bad if you experience selfishness or immaturity. It's just a it's just a, a flaw of the ego, an ailment of the ego. It isn't you. It isn't your true essence within. So you come to accept the way that something caused you to feel, and you recognize that's of the ego, right? Okay, so you know I someone did this thing that upset me, and I felt anger about it. Um, it upset me because of this right? Because of such and such. Um, you know, I'll tell you a trivial example. Um, my wife has gone grocery shopping, uh, multiple times and she constantly forgets the bananas lately. I don't know. It's just been a thing over the last few weeks. Every time she goes grocery shopping, she forgets bananas and I make smoothies in the morning, which I enjoy very much. And, um, well, it benefits her too, because I do make it for her. So, there you go. Now I slipped in my little, uh, look at me, I'm so great, I, I serve my wife there. So that builds my ego. But anyway, um, she forgets the bananas. And, and one of these times, actually every time, you know, I'll, I'll always remind her, hey, could you pick up some bananas while you're there? And she, <laughs> sure enough, every time, it just happened a few days ago, she forgot them again. So, you know, for me, I feel anger about that. It's, it's very trivial. It's very small, right? It's, I know it shouldn't cause me anger. I know that if I were a more evolved person with a more evolved perspective, it wouldn't bring me anger. I would simply be able to dismiss it. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. You know, I, I understand we miss things sometimes and she missed that and okay. It, it simply is right. Take the Buddhist approach. It is okay, what do we do about it now, right? Well, she could go get them um, next time she goes out, or I could go get them myself, right? We literally have a grocery store that is 30 seconds from our house. It's no big deal. But the ego within says, ah, I don't want to walk out to my car. I don't want to take the time for that. You know, I um, I have other things that I want to do, such as work and, and things that are on my mind. And so really in delving deep into that, we get into the fear of it. It's the fear of time. Um, it is the fear of loss of an experience or a thing that I want. And that's the fear driving the anger. Um, but that's, we're not going to get deep into that here. But in order to find peace again, you know, it's important that I accept my feelings as they are. Okay. And, and not judging myself for them, not guilting myself for them. Because when I do that, that drives the anger. Really, am I actually angry with my wife? No, I'm really not. I'm actually feeling fear about time. I'm feeling fear about loss. I'm feeling those things. And I'm then guilting myself because I'm feeling that fear. And that then translates into anger. Anger is secondary. Right? But I accept that, okay, I'm feeling anger right now. I look at the fear underneath. And then, um, then I move on to step two. Okay. So step two, and I'm not going to continue with the banana example, because that's really going to get redundant. But anyway, step two in 
the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness is to understand. And really, if you can do this step right, um, you almost don't need to do anything else. To understand is to forgive in a lot of ways. Um, it's really to understand the reasons someone did something. It's to understand the reason that we did something, that I did something myself, right? If I want to forgive myself. It's understanding the fear, the pain that that person feels or that we felt. If someone harmed us, why did they do it, right? Uh, again, I, I love what uh, the author Paul Farini says about forgiveness. He talks about, you know, uh, a man who uh, murders someone, right? Who pulls the trigger and kills someone. And he talks about this scenario, you know, finding forgiveness for this man, you need to see the hurt boy within. Um, you need to see that this man grew up in the projects, um, that he was addicted to drugs from the time he was nine years old, that he had no father, right? He had no father figure, no one to look up to, no one to protect him. Um, he felt alone, isolated, afraid. He had to become a member of a gang even to feel safe. Um, and then later on in his life, filled with so much fear, which is just, it's just mutated into anger. It's mutated into pride, right? This, um, a lot of times when someone's intimidated, I say actually all the time when someone plays an intimidating role where they, they puff themselves up, they make themselves look cool, you know, they're, they're trying to be invulnerable. It all comes from a place of fear, it's fear of rejection. Um, it's fear of loss. It's fear of time. It's fear of inadequacy. It's this battle with self-worth. This We've placed conditions on self-worth, and we feel we're, we're not worthy of love. That's where that pride comes from. It's fear. And so if we can deeply understand that person, let's say that they did kill someone close to us. That's an extreme example. But let's say that you know, we run into someone on the street or we're close to someone who is very rude to us, maybe one time or multiple times, and they're very harsh. The only reason they would do that is because they are in pain. We only, we only um, project what we feel. And if we feel love inside, we will project that. We will extend that. If we feel fear inside, we will project and extend that in whatever way that is, right? We could be very introverted with that fear. We could be very nervous and insecure. And then we project that onto others, right? Or if we're extroverted, we could take that fear that we feel within and really spread it out in the way that we judge other people, um, that we cause others to feel fear of us rejecting them because we feel, we feel fear of rejection within. We don't realize this. We do this unconsciously. And so when we can start to see these fears that underlie people's um, emotions and actions, um, if someone harms us or if someone acts rudely towards us, we just see the fear within. I like to say when someone does something to hurt us or they say something that is judgmental, that is, um, 
that is cutting, that is attacking us, they're really only doing that to themselves. If we can picture them saying the exact thing they're saying to us, to themselves, that would be the most accurate way to portray it because we will treat others how we regard ourselves within. Okay, and if we were perfect, we would know a perfect way to approach people and we would love people unconditionally and we would not say things that bring that that bring people down right we would say things that empower people even if that was something that needed to be said that is a criticism right but it's a kind loving criticism and i can't be the judge on that i'm not a perfect um, example of how to do that but we need to seek for that in our lives as we rely on higher power um, so hopefully that uh, hopefully that helps that's that's understanding right so step one is acceptance step two is understanding and then step three is to recognize the fear within yourself okay so this step is really taking things down to a level of if you were wronged by someone else, there's always an aspect of fear within that drives your negative emotion about the situation or about the person. In other words, the fear that you are inadequate. And again, this does not justify or trivialize anything that someone has done to you. It may be extremely tragic, okay, but we can only forgive when we start to accept within what happened in the way that we are afraid others would reject us if they knew what happened, or we didn't stand up for ourselves and we are in fear of rejection, or we should have been there in time to help someone, or we shouldn't have been where we were at the time and we knew it, or... Um, you know, we, we are in fear that we'll, we'll never regain the thing that we lost, right? Recognizing this fear within and really this fear of, I am inadequate. I am unworthy of love. Um, others would reject me if they knew this thing, whatever it is, even if someone has really wronged us, right? This, this can happen in extreme situations with murder or rape. People can feel this guilt about what happened, even if it's, even if it's completely unjustified, that there should be no reason they feel guilt about the situation, for they truly were a victim, they truly were wronged, but they feel this guilt, this shame, this fear inside, uh, this fear of rejection, and coming to accept that fear right? That fear of the helplessness, the hopelessness, the unwillingness to, um, to do what needed to be done, or, uh, you know, this, this fear that others would judge us for what happened. It doesn't matter the logic of it. It doesn't matter what other people would say about it. It matters how you feel about it inside. And you need to make peace with that. You need to accept that fear within you, that has come out of that situation or whatever it is that happened. Or if you're trying to forgive yourself, what is the fear within you that is still driving that feeling? So I hope that makes sense. Um, again, I don't want anyone listening to this to feel like I am justifying uh, harmful acts of others. 
or anything like that. It's just forgiveness process is extremely important in becoming real with ourselves about our emotions. We cannot move on until we do. So I hope that that helps. So before we move on to step four of the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness, I just want to pause right now to mention my free masterclass coming up in January. This is a porn addiction recovery masterclass. It is introductory to the launch of my five-month course, the No More Desire course. Um, This course is, uh, it's 20 lessons, it's 40 reflections, it's 100 meditations. Meditations that are done on a daily basis because you cannot overcome your addiction long-term, let alone lose your desire for that addiction as I teach my students to do unless you are having uh, unless you retrain your mind you really need to connect deeply with higher power you need to reshape the way you think and this takes a lot of repetition and so i have daily meditations for you to do in order to experience that and so this masterclass is all leading up to that but even if you don't purchase that program which will be um, offered at a discount during the launch but even if you don't purchase it you're going to experience a lot of very powerful things within the masterclass i'm bringing a lot to bear here to help you with your porn addiction recovery so you can overcome that Um, obviously if you truly want to commit and overcome the five-month course is there and if you think it's sensible for you do it but if you don't, I want to see you there anyway. So I'm including a um, link to that below. Again, it's totally free. And you'll get on my email list so I can send you tips and guidance for addiction recovery each week, which is also um, a great thing to have. You know, you need as much help as you can get in addiction recovery. It's all about those tiny steps. It's all about that repetition and I'm going to be taking you through that um, every week leading up to the master class and then just hit you with a ton of information to really help you in your journey. So be sure to sign up for that. Hit that link below. It takes about five seconds to sign up. It's your first name, no last name, and your email. So don't worry about um, anonymity. You're good to go. Um, I'll see you there, man. So let's move on to step number four. Step number four is also a fundamental part of my program in general, Um, and it's know your true identity. It's to know your true identity. And I talk about this this constantly in my program. Um, It's about being able to step back and observe the ego, uh, which is the false self, which is what we associate our worth with, and being able to step into the silence, the peace within, the stillness within, um, the part of us that is connected with God and that's connected with all things. It's to know that that true identity within is only perfect. And this probably sounds strange to a lot of us, right? But it's to know that that essence within is really a creation from God, from higher power, or you can think of it, uh, let's say you're of the Taoist faith, right? Or, or maybe that's something that fascinates you. Um, if you look at Taoism, Taoism states that everything comes from the Tao. It is what created all things. It's the underlying intelligence, or some would refer to it as the unconditional love that underlies all things, which I believe it's both 
it's the it's the spirit of truth is what I believe it is, and truth is unconditional love. They're one and the same. That's um, what I've come to the conclusion of at this point in my life. So, really knowing that you are a part of that, you are one with that. Your identity is that, and this identity is only good. Um, there is no badness in you, nor in anybody else. And again, our egos step back and say, well, wait, then what about all the suffering in the world? What about all the, the actions that people take that harm others? All of those actions, and if you read, if you read teachings of Eckhart Tolle, brilliant spiritual teacher, he talks about this. All actions of harm and suffering are all of the ego. They really aren't our true self within. And a lot of times we can think, well, if I believe in that, then uh, people will just get away with things. And that's not the case. When we see things this way, we then empower others to change and we empower ourselves to forgive. Um, And knowing that our true identity is only good, then we can have perfect compassion. So that's step number four, is to know true identity. You really need to connect with that. This person who ever harmed you, that isn't the true them. That isn't their identity. You need to see the identity within, the essence within that is one with you. And that can be very hard to see, but eventually once you connect with it, you can forgive entirely. Step number five is to pray for your enemy. And um, if you don't pray, that's fine. You can do this through meditation or through writing um, or other means that work for you. But to pray, and honestly, I actually really recommend writing when it comes to forgiveness. It's an extremely powerful thing, but meditating upon forgiveness, praying, writing, all um, very effective ways. But praying for your enemy is all about focusing on your enemy's good, or in other words, this person who harmed you, or even praying for, uh, if you're trying to forgive yourself, praying for yourself, right? Praying uh, that you will you will overcome this overcome this ailment within that is as has plagued you has haunted you right um, or praying for this other person uh, that they will experience success they'll experience peace they'll experience love in their life that's a very important thing to do and this isn't done for the reason of the good of the other person right that's not why we do this I think we often, yeah, I, for me personally, and I'm not, this is not at all a blanket statement. Don't take it as fact. I just, this is my conjecture, my wondering sometimes. I wonder if we pray for others not to benefit them, um, but actually we pray for them so that we can have more charity and love for them. And when we pray for them, we are then uh, inspired to do good for them and to help them. Um, when so who knows, right? I think there is true power in prayer and in meditation and focusing on love and goodness and peace and, you know, giving that to those around us and um, attracting it into our lives. Um, I believe that, that God brings that, that light to people. Um, but nonetheless, praying for your enemy, we need to realize that it is for us. Again, just like forgiveness is for yourself, if you're forgiving someone else, it's to let go of the resentment, right? Confucian, uh, Confucius said that 
resentment is like drinking drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die, right? And so, um, at least it says Confucius is the one who said it. Who knows if someone else did? But people have said similar things throughout history, and that's that's why we need forgiveness. Is it's for you, you know? For me, I um, there have been a few different people in my life that that really I held a lot of grudges towards and once I let them go uh, it released burdens on me it hasn't done anything to them in fact um, one of them I've never even said anything to about forgiveness at all Um, and never even mentioned it to them I forgive you or speaking to them about the past I did it all through writing I did it um, in prayer and meditation between me and God Um, I did all that and I came to a place of genuine forgiveness for this person. And um, that was all for me. You know, it's, it does it free them. Yes, I hope, I hope this person experiences deeper peace in their life because of that forgiveness. Maybe that impacts their consciousness as it releases their consciousness um, in a very real way in the spiritual realm. Who knows how that works, right? Um, We can't see it with our eyes. But, um, you know, so, so, taking that process, pray for your enemy, doing it multiple times. I needed to pray. I still pray for this person uh, to this day. So that's an important step. That's step number five. And then step number six uh, is to forgive. And step number six is often, I think, the step that we, some of us start with, right? We say, okay, I got to forgive this person. I forgive you. I'm just going to let it go. I forgive you. And Gosh, I mean, for anyone who can do that and that works, awesome. I love that. Keep doing that. For me, it's there have been such rare times where I've just been able to say, I forgive you and it goes away. I really need to come to a place of acceptance, of understanding, of knowledge of how I feel within, of knowing their true identity, of praying for them, or in other words, just wishing them well and focusing upon their good rather than their ill. And then I can forgive. Then I can say, okay, I'm ready to forgive. I've done. I've gone through a process between God and I to come to a place of peace um, where I'm really actually ready to genuinely say, I forgive you. And so that's step six, just to say, I forgive you. And <clears throat> excuse me, if I, um, if we can say that with integrity, then we will feel a release. We will feel a genuine release um, spiritually. We'll feel it within. And we know, I think I think a lot of times we know when we've genuinely forgiven. I think we can sense it. And if we haven't, it's, it's pretty empty or it might be partial or halfway and that's fine. Um, it, we're practicing in that case, right? And we're trying to forgive. But if you don't actually feel it, my best advice would be don't say it. Just don't say it. Wait until later. You will come to a place where you can forgive this person, whether now or in eternity. You'll you'll come to that place. Um, we'll come to forgive all things um, in our eternal journey, I believe. So that's okay. Give yourself time. Give yourself time. Keep practicing. Keep taking these steps to forgive. Come to a deep understanding for this person and, and to pray for them. To, In other words, to focus on their good, to love them. And uh, go to God with it, my friend. If you believe in higher power, please go to God and follow God's guidance. God can can guide you in all of it. So then step number seven is to observe. 
And there's nothing really complicated about this. It's just simply waiting, watching over the hours or months, years, however long it happens to be, um, however deep the hurt is, depends on that. Just looking at it and saying, okay, have I actually forgiven this person? And this brings me to the final thing that I said I would share with you at the end of this podcast, which is how do you know when you've genuinely forgiven someone? How do you know when you've actually let it go? And the answer to that is you will know when you have forgiven someone, or in other words, we know when we have forgiven someone, when we genuinely want the best for them, when we genuinely want for the best for them, when we want nothing but goodness and love for them and we feel within you know i want success for you i want you to be happy and not saying it um you know with lip service or um un- without truth it needs to be true and i believe that has to come through god in other words that has to come through that peace within that's linked to god you need to find that that truth within that teaches you to forgive and so when you feel that, you've come to a place of genuine forgiveness and you know, okay, I, you know, I really do want the best for this person. I want them to feel love. I don't, that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be in their life, right? Depending on the situation, depending on the relationship, you may not even ever talk to that person. You may not even ever say hello to them or uh, ever see them again, but you want the best for them. And in other situations, maybe you see them on a daily basis. Um, and in either case, forgiving them genuinely in that way and feeling it. And, um, you know, for close relationships like that with a spouse or um, a significant other or family member or close friend, you know, this can take or a coworker, right? Or someone, someone that we work with on a regular basis that maybe we have a challenging time with. This forgiveness process can maybe need to happen again and again, and that's okay. Um, guilting yourself for not being able to forgive or for feeling angry is only going to fuel the anger. Remember that we fuel what we fear. We fuel what we fear. Okay, if you fear something or you guilt yourself for it, you judge yourself for it, you are going, you are perpetuating it. You are giving it power. If you do that to someone else, if you guilt them or judge them for what they're doing, you are perpetuating it. You are filling them with fear, perhaps, right? If, if they absorb what you are projecting, then in the long term, it's going to cause them to do more of that, or it's going to manifest in another way in their life. Same for you. If you fear something, it may cause you to stop doing it temporarily. Just like with addiction, if you fear addiction, you may stop doing it temporarily, but you'll probably go back to it eventually, or you'll feel so haunted by it, or that energy of fear will manifest in some other part of your life. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode on how to break free of porn addiction and the seven steps of unconditional forgiveness. Again, I need to um, tell you about my free masterclass coming up in January. This is going to lead into my five-month addiction recovery course. Um, this is a powerful course. I have been studying for 12 years to uh, create the content in this course. 
and the content in the masterclass. So when I launch the course, if you attend this masterclass, you will get a discount on the course and bonuses on top. But if you do not, you will need to pay full price for it later on if you want to get it, unless I do another live launch um, in the future. Uh, but who knows when that'll happen. So make sure you get to the free masterclass. There's no reason not to go. If you can't attend it um, live, uh, as far as virtually, you will get replays of the of the presentations and um yeah i'd love to see you there i'd love i'd absolutely love to see you there i'm going to share a ton if you don't purchase the course that's perfectly fine if you decide it's not for you you still should come to the master class my friend because there's going to be a lot of new info for you there that will uh, i i venture to say it will change your life um so i'll see i'll see you there man i hope to see you and um in addition, if you haven't downloaded my free ebook and audiobook, The Saw Method, that's a great way to get some tips to overcome porn addiction. I'll link that below as well. I wish you all the best in your recovery, my friend. I hope you have a brilliant week, and God bless, and much love. I suffered with porn addiction for 10 years. After much trial and error, I came to understand the ancient and modern answers you can use to not only quit porn, but lose your desire for it. I teach you to recover in a way that does not require white knuckling, complex behavioral strategies, or fear-based solutions. Instead, I help you challenge and transform the underlying beliefs and thought patterns that led to your addiction in the first place, cutting it off at its source. Experience long-lasting sobriety through practical and spiritual methods that retrain the mind and connect you with higher power. To learn more about my 20-week program, go to becomeagoodman.com.